Well, hello everybody. Welcome to season two, episode twenty-one. It is the Baggies broadcast? I'm your host Nathan Judah. I am here with West Brom reporter Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, um, fantastic Friday, but for you, most importantly, a free weekend again. What's going on? I know there's so many free weekends um, at the moment. Um, these do, fr- do you like it? Do you do you like having a free weekend? I mean, or do you prefer Saturday three o'clock traditional? Or are you kind of enjoying that? You know, obviously Albion, the, the peeps want to watch him. TV, lots of TV times, and that you're getting a little bit of a two days clump together. I mean, on a personal level, mm. um, I think the midweek games or the Friday night, Monday night games aren't awful for me because of deadline situation you get your stuff done for the, the following day's paper and well, give, give people an insight because a lot of people don't know that you know yeah I mean? and we don't have so for a normal saturday three o'clock kickoff we'll have a, a big spread in monday's paper because we don't have a sunday paper yeah and that will involve um comment pieces and, and player ratings and lots of reaction and, and and things like that so that takes quite a lot of time to put together uh saturday night sunday morning so um a Friday night game because we have a paper on the Saturday, but mm. you, you can't, you, you physically don't have enough time to do all that stuff. I mean, so often you speak to the manager at 10 just before oh, the deadline. Yeah, it's, 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 it is manic, so um, you have to get that done really quickly. So you, you just do a, a match report and on the whistle and um, and reaction from, from Darren Moore normally um, straight after the game, and, and it's pretty tight. So there isn't normally like a whole double page spread that comes with that because mm. it's all been done in Saturday's paper sure, sure. so by Monday night when people pick up the paper it's going to be pointless Yeah. so in terms of the work midweek games are actually there's less work to do than, than Saturday games mm. but in terms of my own personal um, <laughs> my own personal schedule yeah I mean this probably will be quite boring to people but no I think it's interesting on, how it uh, works on you know I have a day off I have, a, I have to have a day off in the week um for childcare reasons, sure. because we don't, you know, I'm normally working Saturday, which means that I normally have Thursdays off, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. can look after the children yeah. or look after the kids whilst uh, whilst the missus is at work. Which means that actually, if we've got a Friday night game like last week and like the last few weeks, mm. um, I still have to have Thursday off because we haven't got any childcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm in the office on Sunday, which has its pluses and minuses. Sure, because it's um, you, you do a lot of. Um, non-league follow-ups I'm speaking to a lot of non-league managers for the Shropshire Star as well as the Express and Star uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, doing some um, stuff that's not, not really to do with Albion sure. you know, other, other bits and pieces um, other sports Yeah, uh, it's quite enjoyable um, but I've, I think I've worked something like five of the last six Sundays so what? it's not yeah I mean it's not great for family life because no, obviously no, no. you want to have some of those days off so I'm you know I, I the way I see it is I'll crack on either way, mm. um, but I'm just concerned about the fans, really. I mean, going to Sheffield on a Friday night, yeah. it was impressive how many fans went, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I thought there was over a 1,000 there, which was pretty good. Um, going to Ipswich on a Friday night, going to Millsborough on a Friday night, you know, this is it's rubbish, really, for yeah, the fans. Yeah, for I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's all right for me because it's a working day, but... Um, I guess when you're winning them, and doing well, it, it's, a, it's a little bit easier to take. If you're getting beat every week and you're at the bottom end yeah, of the table... Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I suppose it is a bit easier to take when, you, when, you're, when you're winning um, and you can have a good day out and enjoy yourselves. But even... I do think it, it robs them of, of even that, though, because a Friday night game, you know, the game finishes at what? Sure. 9.45. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know how many of those Albion fans stayed over in Sheffield and went out or whether they all just Straight went home... Back. You know, if you know, if you have a Saturday three o'clock kickoff mm. and you go, you go to a new city, mm. you can then go out, have a night, and then maybe get the, the last train back at ten o'clock, nine o'clock, ten mm. o'clock, eleven mm. o'clock, and you feel like you've had a real day of it. Whereas yeah. the evening kickoffs ruin it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that's what's ha- I assume that's what happens. I mean, there's probably people that have to leave early mm-hmm. to get the to train. Get the last train, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I, I think it's rubbish personally for the fans, um, for the match-going fans. Obviously, for those fans that can't attend games for mm. whatever reason, mm-hmm. it, it's quite nice to have them on TV. But for the match-going fans, it's pretty poor. And you know, I think they've got obviously the Rotherham game this weekend is three three o'clock on Saturday, which is good. But yeah. it's the first in about six games that's been three o'clock on a Saturday. So yeah, I mean, and even the FA Cup match now has been moved to twelve thirty, which is actually okay mm. because. You just get to the ground a little bit earlier. It's not, mm, it's not mm, too mm. bad that, but the fact that it's not, it's been moved not even for to be broadcast and on domestic TV, it's been yeah. broadcast overseas. Yeah, is is 
bizarre and, and, and frankly quite worrying. I mean, I, I know the, the FA's response is, well, we're get, the money we're getting for that, we're pumping it into grassroots. Mm-hmm. And fair play. I, 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 I understand that argument. Um, but as I spoke to the uh, supporters club chairman, John Homer, about this last week, and as he said, you know, at some stage, there's going to be a 1am kickoff for overseas broadcast. Yeah. And it'll be, it won't be West Brom, really, but it'll, you know, Man United, Man City... At some stage, they they will kick that off at one o'clock or, no. or twelve. They will. Yeah, they will. Midnight, they, one o'clock. There will be they, that will happen in the future because they they will want to appeal to um, to overseas markets. I, I guarantee it, it will be a friendly first. First, the first time it will happen, it will be a, a preseason friendly. Mm. They'll do a they'll do a blockbuster Manchester City versus Manchester United. Yeah, and um, they'll do it in they'll do it in Manchester. But it'll kick off at eleven p.m., twelve p.m. or mm. something. Twelve a.m. Sorry, and it'll just it'll be. For overseas markets, I guarantee it'll happen. Because unfortunately, money talks, and it yeah. and it always has done in the game, yeah. and it always will do. It is harder and harder though to get attendances up, not just not just at home, but away. When you've got that, you've got moving TV times, you've got family commitments, you've got I follow, and, and all these different situations now. That I mean, it's just so hard, and the clubs clubs can't really catch up. And you can offer all you know all the discounts you want but you've got to you know sort your season ticket prices out well in advance and then you're going to frustrate them if you're offering you know kids for a fiver and, and, and adults for a tenner every week and so like, well, what's the point of getting a season ticket it's it must be very difficult for for clubs to, to, to price you know to price games well West Brom's pricing is, is is pretty good I mean it's it's 20 pounds for an adult ticket yeah behind the goals I think it's 50 I think it's 15 and te- 15 pound for concessions 10 pound for kids mm. normally the FA Cup game, it's they've it's gone down to ten pound for adults, f- five for for concessions, yeah. and one pound for kids. Yeah, I mean, you can't, yeah, you no, really can't ask yeah. more than that. And, 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 for a day out, for sure. And I do think that um, you know Mark Jenkins deserves some credit for his ticket mm-hmm. pricing um, this season. Not only the the single ticket prices, but also the season ticket prices have significant reductions, and it is quite affordable to go to West Brom now. Um, and yeah, it, it's you know. The, the problem is that um, when it's on TV, yeah, you know, it's 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 so easy to stay in and watch mm-hmm. it rather mm-hmm. than rather than go to the game and and sample the atmosphere, which is unfortunately all part of it. I mean, attendances have been pretty good this season. Obviously, they had the sellout against Villa, yeah, which was always going to happen, but mm-hmm. that that was fantastic and the atmosphere on that on that day was oh, was brilliant, stunning, yeah. Um, so. Hopefully, you know. I mean, if they, I mean, if they keep scoring at the rate they're going, then and if they are within the mix of a promotion um, fight, come mm-hmm. you know March, April, I'm sure the attendances will, 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 will creep even higher. But uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It is difficult when you've got so many games on TV. Well, a few people on, on Friday night might have turned off to to watch EastEnders um, after that first half, but that second half, Matt, wowza! What happened? What did Darren Moore do? What did he say? Well, a couple of things. Um, I think he gave. Them a bit of a motivational chat at half time saying look if you want this game you're going to have to go and get it mm. you know, Sheffield United are not going to give it to you you need to go and um, impose yourself on the game stamp some authority on the game be a bit braver Yeah, I don't think they're being brave enough really um, but also he made a bit of a tactical switch where um, in the first half Sheffield United were having a lot of joy with the cross field ball mm-hmm. um, out, to the, out to the wide areas because obviously in that Alwyn playing this four three three, which is can at times be slightly narrow, and I, and I felt sorry for Adarabai, who was a bit isolated back there at right back. I mean, Matt Phillips is playing really well, but it doesn't always give him a, a lo- loads of protection. Yeah. Um, Gibbs too um, was slightly isolated because um, they leave you know they leave Barnes up essentially. So um, and Sheffield United their centre backs overlap, but Barnes wasn't tracking. So you've got. Maybe three players flooding over uh, over Kieran Gibbs mm-hmm. on that side, um, and you're relying on um, Barry or Livermore to to move over and, and help him out. But even then, it's a three on two. So I, that's why they were getting overrun in the first half because they were doing do these big switches of play and getting men um, o- o- overboard in the in the wide areas. Um, but they made a slight tactical change. Um, and it dropped the, the players back a little bit. They cut out that that big switch at source, so they had, um, so you had one person go and try and cut that out, and then you had the other the other midfielder moving off the other side of the pitch mm-hmm. to go and almost dissuade 
the uh, guy with the ball yeah. to make the big switch. So and I think it really worked. And and I also think there was a, a psychological boost from the Gareth Barry goal that the game really turned on that point. Um, lovely finish from Barry. Nice move from Barnes. First time he evaded his, his man. Um, oh, actually, um, well played by Kieran Gibbs as well in the build-up. Um, and after that, they, they just seemed to... To brim, you know, they just seem to build with confidence. And mm-hmm. the second half, yes, Sheffield United had a, had some chances, and the game opened up a little bit. But Albion were in control for the large parts, and they created the best chances, particularly on the break. They had two breakaways where they should have they should have made them count. I mean, Barnes mm-hmm. hit Henderson's head, and, and there was another one where Gale hit the first man with his cross, and it's four and two. So, you know, I, I, you've seen Albion put those chances away this season. So, it, you know, it, it could have been. They could have scored much earlier, but then obviously the goal they scored, Kraken won, Kieran Gibbs, and um, fully deserved in the end, really, um, because I suppose for 50 minutes of the game, yeah, they were in control. Where whereas, like you say, after the first 30, 40 minutes, they looked like second best. This is the third time in the last four games that they've come back mm. from behind to earn something. So that's you know there is some resilience and some and some grit and some belief in this team. Yeah. And I think uh, Darren Moore and then the players to a certain extent deserve a lot of credit for that. That that's a a lot of character. That's very I like to say ballsy. Going there on a Friday night, one 0 down, Sheffield United, top six to turn that around. That's just huge, huge going forward momentum wise. It is. It is, don't get me wrong. There is also a big discrepancy in quality in the players though. I mean, you look at the players that, that won Albion that game, Gareth Barry. Mm-hmm. He's won the Premier League. I mean, yeah. he is Mr. Premier League. Yeah. No one's played more games in that, in that division. He, on his day, he is absolutely class. Kieran Gibbs, he's a Champions League left back. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at Sheffield United's team, and they are well drilled, well organised. They've got some nice players, but they just don't have the quality. You know, uh, they, they don't, they don't have, they don't have players as good as West Brom. No. So, yes. It, it does show a lot of character and determination and grit and, and it's something that they wouldn't have done last season. They would have capitulated or even thrown that lead away late on. But um, but I, I do think there's also, you do have to take into account the fact that um, if anyone's punching in that scenario, it's, it's Sheffield mm-hmm. United mm-hmm. Um, uh, rather than West Brom because, um, because of the players and, and, and the squad. You know, Sheffield United's... Um, Record signing is a four million pound defender, and you know, their whole team costs less than Jay Rodriguez. So, yeah, yes, it's impressive. Yes, it bodes well. It looks and it, and it, and Albion looking rather ominous now, and 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 looking very strong. But we do have to remember that they've got one of the strongest squads in the league. Third place, thirty nine points, top of that chasing pack, if you want to say, uh, above Leeds and Norwich. So, so Leeds forty five points from twenty two. Norwich 44 from 22 and Albion 39, closely followed Derby, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Forest and Villa. It's all very close, but the fact that the that the top of that, that that chasing pack with four games in the space of 11 days, it's going to be it's going to be pretty manic, but I'm just looking at the games and, and looking what they've got. I mean, it could be a, a really good fingers crossed Christmas period for Albion. They're, they're all games that they they should be looking to to get all three points from really, not just a point. They are but this is where it counts, I think, because yeah. um, I think this season they've shown that they can mix it with the big with the big teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they they beat Leeds four one. Okay, they got their noses bloodied by Derby, but that was towards the end of that system that that, that had to be shelved. Yeah, that three at the back, um, and you know, so they beat they've but they have beaten Leeds. They've beaten Sheffield United. They've beaten Norwich. They've um, Drawn with Villa, mm-hmm. you know they they should have drawn with with Middlesbrough away. Really, that was a handball goal. Yeah. Um, so, I think I think against the big teams, they're actually um, okay. Mm-hmm. I think they quite like the. I think if you go if they go toe to toe with one of the big boys, they they're not too bad. Um, it's these it's these games against bottom half against bottom half teams home and away that you need to win if you want to go up. Yeah, you need to put these to bed. And before this run. They struggled with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Wigan and Hull both beat them. Um, they drew with Blackburn, and they have also drawn with Brentford as well. Now I know that was a last-minute uh, equaliser, and they should have been out of sight by then. Um, it wasn't really a, a game that should have been drawn, but you know they need to put these games to bed mm-hmm. if they want to if they want to challenge those top two. Because 
they the top two will will stutter at some point, but you've got to be ready to pounce when they sure, do. Sure, sure. If they get a draw or a defeat, you have to win. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. you have to be ready to pounce. So um, I don't think that the top two are going to carry on in, in the way they are. I think Norwich is showing slight signs of of um, dropping off. I mean, they're relying on, a lot on late goals and they're not playing too well. Um, Leeds have just won five on the on the spin. Um, which is very impressive, but again, they are. They're, they're, I don't want to say they're scraping by because I think they are in control of most of these games, but they're winning by the odd goal, um, and so are Albion. To be fair, you know, if you look at the results, you know they're winning by. You know, they've won their last three away games two one. So, mm-hmm. um, so are Albion. To be fair, but you need to be ready to pounce when 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 those teams falter. So, this needs to be a run now where they need to turn the six game unbeaten run into a ten game unbeaten mm-hmm. run, and, and and as you say, I mean. You've got this, you've got teams there. I think they need to be targeting, if they can, ten points. I was going to say ten. Win, 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 draw is my prediction. Go for on, a, who have they got? So, so they're going to beat Rotherham, which, by the way, is a nice break. You know, eight days to the Saturday, so that's fine. Obviously, Rotherham struggling Rother- big time. Yeah, but they, they are not. They are not pushovers at home, mm-hmm. and um, they've only lost one more game this season than Sheffield United. Um, they draw a lot. They they're quite they resilient. They're quite four tough. Out of the last five, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't I I wouldn't say that's a foregone conclusion. I think Albion should win. They should have the quality, but it's not a foregone conclusion. The nice thing about the two games in quick succession on Boxing Day and the 29th, at least they're both at home. Yes. Which I, I think is huge. Really. That's great. It means I can have a lovely Christmas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fantastic. Whoever, thank you very much to whoever. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't wait. I've got Fulham away on Boxing Day with Wolves, and it's a twelve fifteen kickoff. Move from three o'clock. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame, that isn't it? I know there's a bit of because um, you can't even get the train down. No trains down, so it's a six a.m. start for that's me from parents that, in Hull to drive down. For the yeah. fans, that's shocking for the fans. Gross, absolutely gross. And obviously going to London. I mean, I'm sure the roads will be okay. There's no snow or ice, but boxing, I mean, still Boxing Day. After, it's after, disgusting. After you know a few mulled wines know, and sherry's the night before. Absolutely. Well, you got me on the mulled wines after the last podcast, actually. The missus loves them. And I, I tried them and I, I never really liked it, but yeah, delicious. Oh, it's good. Got to be really hot, though. Got to be really oh, just yeah, sipping. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it lukewarm. I don't want to down it. Really hot. No. Delicious. I know, I know what you mean. Um, so, yeah, Wigan at home, Chef Wednesday at home. Like you say, both winnable games, aren't they? I mean, they're yeah. all winnable games. I mean, it's, it's funny I, you it's say difficult. that. It's funny you say that, but in the reverse fixtures, uh, Albion only got one point. Right, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, Getting they, revenge on Wigan. They nearly they lost to Wigan, they mm. nearly lost to Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, I'm surprised by Wednesday, really, because mm. I I was impressed with them when we went to Hillsborough. Um, Adam Reach looks like a great player. They've got yeah. some nice players there, but I think I think the manager's under severe pressure there, isn't he? But um, yes, I think those two should be three points at home. Yeah, you you would or six points altogether. Mm-hmm. You'd you'd hope so. Yeah, and from a rotation point of view, that's when you're going to really need your squad, isn't it? Although you'd have thought that maybe the same team would potentially play. Against Rotherham and against Wigan, at least, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Um, oh, if they do it well, I think, yeah. Put I mean, terrible performance, obviously not. You know, but it's... it depends how you manage them, really. Yeah. I mean, oh. I'm sure they'll have a, an ideal plan, won't he? Darren will have, will have obviously looked yeah. at this. And... Uh, I actually think the, the squad has stepped up quite well this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, how Robson, Carlo, and James Morrison both forced their way into the team. Sure. Um, then they both got injured, um, and but Gareth Barry stepped up. You know, I think there there are players there that are on the fringes that are capable. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll see a bit more Chris Brunt over the Christmas period. Um, you know, we might even see if if he's back, we might even see a bit of Robson Carno again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there are players there that have they've sort of forced their way into contention, which is good. I mean, that that sort of competition is what you need. You, you don't want to turn to your squad in this in this sort of time and think oh, I've got no options um, the one area I suppose I mean it's not it's not the deepest of squads because I'm, I'm yet to be convinced by Sacco um, I thought he was dreadful when he came on against Hull um, and I'm, as in just, just disappointing or looked a bit unfit or is it that lack of match, match sharpness I don't know a bit of both maybe but he, he just gave the ball away a lot um, but at least he was on the ball I mean Oliver Burke came on and then didn't even get on the ball so yeah, those two are yet to convince me this season, um, and I, I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be against, or I wouldn't. I, I think it might be the chance now to to put a couple of the youngsters on the bench. And, really? Okay. And look, it's difficult because 
Christmas football, everyone's up for it. And, and, and if you if you have a bit of a bit of a slump, you can all of a sudden you've lost three games mm-hmm. and, and you're you're miles behind. Yeah. So it, it is a crucial part of the season that you need to get right. But um, no, I just I, I do think that, that there are players in the squad that have stepped up, um, but there are also a couple who have disappointed slightly. Mm. But like you say, I mean that's attributes of a winning side that if, if, you, if you're not up to scratch and someone's going to come in and they're, they're playing for the place because you might not get it back again well exactly I mean um, we'll, we'll wait to see how Morrison's uh, muscle fatigue is um, whether he's going to be available for Rotherham but you can't drop Barry no. after what he after what, how he played against uh, Sheffield United mm-hmm. so he's going to struggle to get back in albeit I think he hopefully he'll be back available for either Rotherham or Wigan and then you've got you've got that option and yeah. you can maybe rotate um, earlier in the season, he was rotating Barry and Barry and Brunt in that sort of pivot role, but it might be a case that he rotates Barry and Morrison. Mm. Um, Jake Livermore and Matt Phillips are just just carrying on at the moment, yeah. which, is, which isn't too bad. I mean, that's that's the key area for me that that midfield three because they do a lot of running in there. Um, I think the back four should be okay. But the, the goalie should yeah, up. goalie should be okay. Front three even. I mean, Rodriguez is a very fit lad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said, said this before, been very impressed by his fitness levels. Mm. Um, Gales had, had a bit of time off recently as well. And, and Barnes is, well, Barnes is 21. He'll run for days. And they just want to play. I mean, I'm sure everyone wants to play every day. They don't care whether you let me play, Gaffer. You know, we're winning. It's a, it's a winnable game. We want to score goals. I want to do well. They're, they're not but you know putting the hand up to to want to rest i'm sure everybody wants to play exactly footballers prefer to play rather than train so yeah. if if they if you know over the christmas period if they're going to say right okay we've got what we've got rotherham on saturday and then okay you can have the sunday off or just recovery mm-hmm. and then you're in on the, you're in on christmas eve yeah. maybe in a, maybe in for an hour or hour on christmas day morning and then you know but we'll be really light training because mm-hmm. we've got a game we've all had mm-hmm. games but and then we've got another game on boxing day i think i think that's how they'll work it yeah. and they'll just be They'll just be doing sort of recovery in between these games because you don't want to be doing too much uh, high intensity training because you'll, you'll just knacker your players out. Should we take some questiones? Yeah, go Let's ahead. Let's take some questions. Good questions this week. Really good questions. So, a lot about, a lot about uh, uh, Manchester United. A lot about Manchester United. Absolutely. Can you believe that? He had to go, didn't he? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost three years to the day since he got sacked from Chelsea. I th- it's I think, the mirroring is bizarre. It's so. I think the love affair's completely gone now with with, he, with England. He won't go. He'll only go to Portugal now. Manage, yeah. manage the Portuguese teams, or maybe go back to Inter Milan or something. But or maybe he, a national job, maybe. Yeah, that's what I meant. At yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Meant, I meant the Portuguese okay, national okay. side. I can't see him. No, I can't see any of the big boys in England going anywhere near him. Because you're going to have to give him three, two or three hundred million pound and a ridiculous budget, and give him at least two or three or four oh, years no. on us. Crazy, crazy. Don't give him three years. He blows up after three years. <laughs> he just blows up after one. Uh, Hand of Rod. Okay, following the Craig Dawson news, um, which I think you'll, you'll discuss in a minute, are the rumours that Toronto played a massive part in Ben Foster leaving and Craig Dawson handing a transfer request and both not going to pre-season true? Lots lots of questions in there. Well, Ter- well Terraneo was, was a disaster. Um, he was parachuted in by China. And uh, he didn't know anything about English football, um, or very limited things about English football. He was trying to get the club to sign a lot of Italian players who Darren Moore wasn't really convinced by, Mark Jenkins wasn't really convinced by. They wanted to go down a different route. Darren Moore signed predominantly British players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the squad is predominantly British now. Higazi is one of the few players who is who is uh, from overseas. And um, I think um, I think there were there were also. Um, Current players who, who who went in to see him and, and were not impressed with with him as well, and you know talked about you know where do we see this club go? Do what do we see this club doing next season? You sure, know, sh- you know the sort of assurances that players want um, when they are they want stability, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they you know when I know I know a lot of fans get upset with with players wanting to leave clubs, certain clubs, especially after they've um, taken that particular club down. Um, but they are ambitious, and um, you can under you can you I can pers- well I can personally understand why why clubs why players would want to join Premier League clubs rather than stay with West Brom. Mm-hmm. Now the way that a lot of those players went about it was unacceptable, and that's that is true. Yeah, you know Dawson, Foster, uh, and McLean are the three examples. Really, the ones that um, skipped uh, preseason training, um, but. 
so I think Terano did play a part in that certainly, but I think there is also um, there are also other factors at play. Um, there's the, the economic factor, you know, the fact that they're all receiving pay cuts. Mm-hmm. And Premier League clubs could offer them sure. more money. Yeah, there's the um, for Ben Foster. There's you know one last big payday. The, yeah. he's, he's, he's 35. His knees, yeah, the big time. Yeah, his knees are sure. It's hard to, hard to turn that down. You know, it's not understandable, though. It's just, like you say, it's just the way they went about that. Yeah, it's the way you went about it, absolutely, um, which, which which will still rankle, I'm sure. Um, and Dawson as well. Um, you know, it's the, it's the way they went about it, which is a problem. I think Terno played a part, but I think there is there are other factors at play. I don't think it was just purely down to him at all. I think there's, you know, there's lots of other things. I mean, Foster went back to Watford, mm-hmm. you know, a club that he does hold dear. So. Yeah. It's that I'm not excusing what he did by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but these people are, are are humans and they make decisions mm-hmm. um, based on what they're faced with, like anyone else, really. Yeah. So, would Foster have done what he did had it been a different club? I'm not. I don't know. Maybe he would have. Would, it, would he have done it had it been a, a Championship club? Probably not. I mean, there's probably a, a money thing involved there um, for him and Dawson and. But a, but a nice lead story, you know, an Express and Star today, um, saying that he's really enjoying his time, at, especially at centre back going forward, and 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 looking forward to the second half of the season, which, fingers crossed, will will allay fears. I'm sure until until the transfer window slams shut, you still have that that little, you know, fingers crossed that he, he does stay, but he might be linked away. I'm sure he will be linked away. But you know, if you can get Craig Dawson for the second half of the season, then that's huge, right? Well, the it theme, feels like he's got his mojo back. Well, the theme of the last couple of weeks has been redemption. You've had Jake Livermore signing a, a new contract. Um, obviously, he was one of the four players who allegedly stole the taxi in Barcelona. You've had Gareth. Allegedly, yeah. You've had Gareth Barry back in the in the team and performing well and and repairing his or building bridges with the fan base. Um, you know, after what happened last season, when it looked like his his Albion career might be over. Um, and you've got Dawson now coming out and saying these things mm. on, on the eve of his two hundredth game for the for for the club. I mean. Only only Brunt and Morrison have played more in the squad at the yeah. moment. He he should really be a, a fan favourite by now. But the way that he handled the summer means he he isn't, yeah. and it means that he's he's got a bit of he's got a bit of work to do to to win people back. But you know, football is a really fast paced industry, um, and you know they say time heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. Well, in football, time moves re- time moves fast, um, and especially in the championship where you've got game after game after game. Sure, if players like Barry Livermore and and, and Dawson play well for half a dozen games mm-hmm. all of a sudden they are they those bridges are repaired yeah. um if they you know if if, if that trio helped fire the club back to the premier league i'm sure for the majority not all but for the majority of fans most of them will forgive them um for what happened last season um you know that we are in we are in the period of redemption yeah. i feel um and you know long may it continue because as much as we can chastise players and, and, and even managers and, and whoever for um, for performing badly or making the wrong decisions, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's um, detrimental to hold grudges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually, if if Dawson, I mean Dawson for me is alongside Higazi, they're playing they're playing quite well at the moment. I know they're not keeping yeah. any clean sheets, but yeah. they've only conceded one goal mm. in five of the last six games. So. And when you've got the firepower that Albion have got, you normally, you normally win the match. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he's he's an integral part. I think Barry's an integral part. I think um, Livermore's an integral mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand why his fans would probably still be unhappy with how they conducted themselves. And I, I'd agree it was unacceptable. But I think people, not just footballers, but mm. people, mm. are deserve, deserve a second chance. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, Maybe both all three of those players are, are sort of on the road to uh, recovery. Okay, good stuff. Right, we'll have to um, answer a few questions in, in a slightly shorter time. Sorry, no, no, no. It's good. It's, it's good. It is really interesting. Like you said, I said before we come on this podcast, we could talk for three hours today. There's so much stuff going on, uh, but we'll move on quickly. Spencer George, any any new goalkeeper coach news? Uh, Watch there, Sam Johnson warm up pre villa looked very shaky, making a lot of mistakes. Also, can you give a shout out to the club for sending my uncle a card from Big Dave whilst undergoing his chemo? Wonderful gesture from the club and a testament to the manager. Um, give me the shout out, obviously, you know, 
I'll, I'll be fantastic when it comes to things like that. And good luck to you, to your dad moving forward. But any news on, on a goalkeeper coach news? No, not yet. It's still Mark Naylor, um, who is uh, who's in charge. Naylor has been at the club for years, um, and he's stepped up to this position so f- already. Um, he knows Darren Moore very well because they both worked in the academy. So he's still in temporary charge at the moment, and um, I'm sure it's something that they're they're looking at and trying to get sorted out. But obviously. Luke Dowling and and Ian Pearce, uh, technical director, head of recruitment, have got other things on their mind as well. Sure. You know, with January looming, so there's there's it's, it's a busy period for them. So um, we will uh, we'll wait and see what what they decide goalkeeping coach wise. Callum Hayward, uh, if a deal cannot be sorted uh, between us and Newcastle for Dwight Gale and Salomon Rondon, can you see Rondon having a problem playing for us next season, regardless of division? Good question and. Probably tying with with the story that you've got on, on online today, Matt. Um, I don't think he will um, have a problem. I don't. I don't think mentality uh, is really Rondon's issue. I don't think he he doesn't strike me as one to spit his toys out the pram. I, I he always is sort of hard working mm-hmm. guy with a, with a who, who operates with a smile on his face. That being said, he obviously wants to join Newcastle. I think he. he you know he's got the number nine shirt in Newcastle. That's quite an iconic shirt. I think there are there is a, there is a draw to that. To I think that. he almost waved goodbye in the summer though, saying he thank did, you. Yeah. And it was almost he like did, a parting yeah. shot. You know, no, he did, he did. I think he, I think he, I think he thinks that he can earn a, earn a permanent deal there, and and maybe he can. I mean, even even Dwight Gale when he spoke to us said, you know, of course I've 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 already it's already crossed my mind that I could join West Brom permanently. Now, the, the, the simple fact is that Rafa Benitez, if he remains Newcastle manager, he prefers Rondon to Gale. Um, so it would make sense. Um, and I would argue that the Albion fans have uh, taken to Gale um, more perhaps than they ever did to Rondon. Um, I think Rondon split opinion um, with certain people. I think um, he wasn't. I think he was. I think he, everyone accepted that he had a bit of a thankless task leading the line by himself in, in such a defensive side. And I, yeah. think, I think everyone... I think everyone... Didn't sort his effort, did they? Yeah, I don't think anyone questioned his effort or, mm-hmm. his, or, his, or his mojo, as, as they say. But I think there were people wondering about his quality. Now, I think there are still question marks over Gale's quality, particularly in the Premier League, and one that he's acknowledged himself. I mean, he's, he's, he's stood up and, and, and taken responsibility for that, saying, yeah, well, I've got to prove it, haven't I? Yeah. Which is fair play to him for doing that, because... Yeah. Not a lot of footballers would, no, would respond no, no. like that, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I think that um, they're very different players, aren't they? They're completely different players. So it's hard to it's hard to compare them too much. But I don't I don't think Gale's record in the Premier League is as bad as everyone makes out. I mean, he's only got seven fewer goals than Rondon mm-hmm. um, in uh, in something like twenty fewer appearances, um, but the majority of his have come off the bench. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking at starts, <laughs> I don't think his record's that bad. But then also you you factor into the fact into the account into the equation the fact that Rondon was playing in a predominantly defensive team, blah blah blah, didn't score many goals. So I don't, but I don't think there's too much between them. And I I think if Rondon's happy, if Newcastle happy, if Gale's happy, if Albion's happy, it's it's a deal that could happen. Now my gut feeling is that it will still. They will still see out the season long loan, sure. and it'll be one for the summer. Because I think with this takeover looming at Newcastle, I don't see them do any business. That being said, there is some suggestion up there that they want to free up a loan spot, and if they can do a, a cheap deal for Rondon, as in we'll give you Gale and two or three million or something. Is that what is that? Do, I mean, do you believe that's possible? I mean, for, from my point of view, looking at looking at what Newcastle would want, I think they would not want to give money as well as. Well they've, they've, like well, they've already given two million pound loan fee mm-hmm. and Gale, so that so they've already ad- admitted that Rondon is worth two million pound over the course of the season. Yeah, more than Gale. So, yeah. so if you're then doing it permanently, mm-hmm. well, arguably Albion should be asking for six or seven, maybe even more, and Gale. Um, if Rondon, if they think, if you think Rondon is a Premier League striker, yeah, how much are they worth now? Mm. Oh yeah, twenty five plus. So. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. if he's going to get you double figures in sure, the Premier League, how sure. much is that worth? Yeah, it's at least worth fifteen. So, in that scenario, mm. maybe they should cough up a bit mm. more. Mm. Um, I think they've already admitted. You know, the fact that they were willing to pay two million pound loan fee. I mean, if they're going to get him permanently, surely it's more. Okay, his age might come into account. He's twenty nine. There's not much sell on value for Rondon, 
But I think if if Newcastle are looking elsewhere at another striker and thinking he's going to cost me thirty million, yeah, or twenty five million, or we could get Rondon on a permanent uh, for five, six, seven, eight million plus Gale, who we're mm. not going to play, then we can get another person in on loan, yeah, pay them two million, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We've got two that we've got another striker in for two million. You know. Are you happy when Rondon keeps on scoring? Are you happy to see that? <clears throat> yes, I am because I think. Um, as I said, he he seems like a really nice bloke. Mm. I mean, I've interviewed him only twice, I think, and he's always been lovely. So yeah. I mean, it's a bit difficult with the language barrier, but sure. um, no, I've, I, I don't think um, I don't think uh, I don't think anyone could begrudge him that because he works his socks off. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he keeps scoring goals, it's only good news for Alban because his, his um, value goes up. Yeah, absolutely. Happy days. Right. Okay. Um, Right, I promise you we're going to move on to questions now quickly. We're going to do some quick-fire questions. On, uh, but, I mean, the Rondon and Gale and the Dawson things, they're all very interesting, so I wanted to spend a little bit of time on Quite that anyway. Quite complicated as well. They, they are, absolutely, and interesting. So, so uh, you know, I'm not going to apologise for that. Mike Campbell, um, was the first half a concern in terms of performance on Friday? Sheffield United ran rings around us until the second half. Man, the second half, second half performance was incredible, best of the season. Uh, no, because Sheffield United always start quickly. Love it, love it. Uh, Paul Chappell, do you think J-Rod deserves to keep his starting spot? His influence on games is, neg- I think it means negligible, at best. Uh, with the Bakary Sacco and Hal robson Carno available in his position, is surely under threat. Well, as I've said earlier, I'm not convinced by Sacco. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he deserves to get a, a spot ahead of Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez had a poor game against Sheffield United, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he might be being overworked, doing a lot of running. Um, but I do think he does offer off plenty off the ball to this to this side. Um, he does the unseen work up front, in my opinion. Um, so no to Sacco. Hal Robson Carnu is an interesting one. He's not fit at the moment, yeah. but if he's fit, I could understand why you would um, rest Rodriguez and put Robson Carnu in because I don't think Robson Carnu did anything wrong when he was playing and he, and he did quite well. Liam at Gale, uh, Jose Mourinho in? Question mark. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, da, 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 da. We'll move off from Dave Jones's. Where do babies come from? And uh, Sophia Outline says, do you think Darren Moore's often criticised lack of subs has actually been a tactic to build confidence and problem solving within the team? As looking at the Villa and Sheffield United matches, the team were able to battle to get a result. I think that might be looking slightly too deep into it. I think it might just be that he's not necessarily convinced by what he's got on the um, on the bench. Um, Sacco and Burke, case in point. Um, I think he threw them on against Hull when they were 1-0 down. That yeah. was their opportunity. Look, a, a poor side. Sure. 1-0 down. Go and do something. Earn your, earn your stripes, earn mm-hmm. your place. And they did nothing. So um, I think... Um, I, don't, I think that might be looking a bit too much into it. I think essentially it's just the players I've got on the pitch are the best players I've got. They're playing quite well at the moment. Well, I don't need to change it. Mark Collier, do you think you'll ever be able to have a car like Nathan Judas? Mark, I've said this before. I won it in a poker game about 13 years ago. It's 14 years old. It's got 200,000 miles on the clock and it's literally worth nothing apart from scrap metal. In fact, it's falling apart at the moment. Had to tax it yesterday. Do you know how much it was? Uh, I dread to think. £540 for the year. Absolutely disgusting. For those of you that don't know, um, what's the make of your car, Nathan? Uh, It's a black SUV. What's the make? Uh, It's a Porsche Cayenne. Porsche, a Porsche Cayenne. It, 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 what's the what's the um, eats fuel for, for for fun? What's the uh, the reg number? Um, it was a, the reg cost me five hundred pounds off eBay. Um, it was an old lady who was selling it. It's N four four T H N. As in Nathan. As in Nathan. Why yeah. did she have that? Uh, I guess it was from a son, and she was. I got alerted to it on eBay a long time ago. It was one of those buy it now prices back in the day when eBay was popular. Yeah. I don't know if people still do eBay or not. I haven't looked at it for years. I think people still eBay. Yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really do eBay now. But um, yeah, buy it now, five hundred quid, and yet N four THN was available at the same time for twenty six thousand. So N four four, you still get the Nathan anyway. You still get it. Yeah. You still get it. Yeah, I had long flowing hair um, those days. To answer Mark's with. question, I've got Renault Clio. And you fill up for how much? Twenty quid, twenty five quid. <laughs> no, no, no. Am I out? Double it. Is it really? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, fifty quid. That's still, that's still a lot better better than mine, to be fair. It's also leaking some kind of steering fluid. How, long, how much did it cost to fill up a Porsche Cayenne? Um, now it's about 130 quid. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not great. And, and how, obviously with and the mileage long, that I'm doing... And how long does that last? Uh, probably about... Including like an away trip 
maybe four days. So this is this is why you were talking about getting the train. Up yeah, to Blackburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't you can't afford the uh, <laughs> it's the cold fuel. winter in the Judah household. I'll pick you up in the Clio, mate. <laughs> oh come on, there we go. Get some mileage to the gallon. Uh, right, okay, okay. Uh, LR, what recruitment do we need in January? This is going to be my next segment anyway, so we can we can talk a tiny bit about this. Uh, what recruitment do we need in January? Area strengthening and outgoing, says Luke Rowley. Um, I think they need a right back. Uh, I think they arguably need another centre back, um, although that's debatable now they've moved to a back four. Um, but I think probably the main thing that they need um, would be a sort of dynamic midfielder I think Phillips has done a good job in there don't get me wrong mm. but I think if you're a dynamic midfielder in there to sort of complement Morrison Barry um, and whoever else Livermore a young sort of a McGinn like a box to box like a John about? McGinn right yeah, okay. like a John McGinn type mm -hmm. and you could almost you could arguably move Phillips further forward yeah um, and it might, that might be and you know use his pace further forward I don't, you know I don't know um, I think it's what Stuart Hunt asked there. should the club go for broken the window and get a real I was going to say running back that's too much NFL a real right back and another central midfield younger to complement Barry and Livermore yeah I, I, I think those are the areas mm -hmm. I think those are the areas okay um, because so I, I know that there was concern that they didn't have a target man yeah but I think Robson Carnew sort of has emerged as that mm -hmm. in the last few mm -hmm. weeks um, if he gets back fit I, 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 I wouldn't be I don't think that's the, necessarily the area because people say oh well we haven't replaced Rondon properly because yeah. we've got Gale in but yeah. I actually think Robson Carnew's not at this level anyway at this level he's, sure, no, of he's, course, he's yeah. actually okay uh, Paul Harris asking about Rondon Gale. We kind of discussed that. Uh, Jonathan Evans discussed about the not not Johnny Evans um, about the Trenu transfer window. How's he doing, Johnny Evans? Is he, is he doing all right for Leicester? I haven't really. Um, I don't really know. No, I haven't really looked. I think he, well, he's obviously starting, but I don't think he's done amazingly. I don't think he's um, played every game. No. Um, Toby Peter John Darvey says, um, "Why do we start badly so often, Matt?" Um, that's a good question, and one that I don't know the answer to. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether it's just um, new teams that they're not familiar with mm. getting to grips. Mm. I mean, I wonder if it, it might might not be the same case in the second half of the season once they've yeah. played these teams once or twice. You know, yeah. in the Premier League, you know, you pretty much know everybody that you're going to play come up against. But these these teams can sometimes surprise you. Mm. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just that it takes them a bit of time to get used to the the players they're playing against and the, the systems. Ash Turner, um, if you can only buy one quality standout Championship player. Which position would you target? Uh, yeah, the right so, back, would you? No, I would go sort of central midfield. Okay. I think they win you games rather than right backs. Okay. Uh, Dr. Jimmy and Mr. Jim asks, will we have a realistic budget in January without selling players? I, what, well, it depends what he means by realistic, doesn't he? I <laughs> yeah, mean, I it, so, yeah. what's his realistic compared mm. to the club's realistic? I mean... Well, they have ten. They don't sell anyone ten million quid. Would, would, someone, would, would, they, would they drop ten million quid on a player? Not including. Not, not that much. Not talking about Ronaldo. Not that game. much. Okay. I think seven. Really? Yeah. Yeah, max. That's what I was told in the summer. Mm -hmm. That essentially they had they had seven to play with. Um, but you talk about a youngster coming in and maybe complimenting you like to Livermore and Barry, or if you're going to spend that kind of money, are you only going to spend it on someone who's going to come in as a starter for you? Yeah. And but you look at how much did McGinn cost Villa? How much was that? Oh, it wasn't much, was it? No, I don't think it was negligent. It was not at all. It wasn't much. No, so that's the sort of business they need to be doing. Yeah. You know, not necessarily picking up players from other championship clubs. Mm -hmm. You know, not 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 targeting Bradley Dak, who's going to cost you thirty million. Sure. They need to be targeting players that are making a name for themselves, um, either abroad mm -hmm. or um, in Scotland or whatever. Um, you look at. You look at the top two teams, Norwich and Leeds. Mm -hmm. The um, the thing that um, they both have in common two point seven five two point seven five something like that. So the thing that they both have in common is they've got fantastic recruitment. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the, the players they bought in for relatively cheap as mm -hmm. well. I mean, you look at Puki at Norwich, um, Hernandez. Um, you know, at Leeds, there's there there is even Hernandez. At, is it Hernandez at Norwich? Ono Hernandez, he's yeah. quite good yeah, as well. Yeah. So yeah, good player. they've got, they have got, um, they have bought in players who cost one or two million mm -hmm. and, and, and have really improved them. And that's where Alvin should be looking. James Hamilton, is Alan Pardew the next Manchester United boss? Uh, I would love that to be the case, but apparently it's going to be someone with uh, with connections to Manchester United. What about old uh, Stevie Bruce? Oh, 
Ooh. It's only temporary, isn't it? To yeah, end, to end not a bad season. shout, that. I can't see it being in, to be fair. Really? I don't mind I think, that. I think six months? Yeah, six months. I think it might be long, long, long. Long, French, get the best out of Pogba, etc. I hadn't thought about that. You'd be mm. spot on, yeah, that'd be it, wouldn't it? And uh, Martial. As and well. Martial, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Just uh, whisper a fusion, a sequence. And get your money, uh, get your money on that. Uh, Andy Dudley, um, is it cream or jam first on a scone? Also, is it pronounced scone or scone? Oh, I don't know. I'm not from Devon or Cornwall. Don't like an afternoon tea, little afternoon tea, Matt? I, my afternoon tea consists of two pints of Guinness. <laughs> two pints of Guinness? Goodness, I'm that's, not, that's I'm just not, for the kids. I'm not having a... No, I, I don't like scones, scones, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about any targets. Um, talked about will Will Dave get the United job. I, I doubt, doubt that highly, to be fair. Uh, what can Mr. Dye do to keep Dave, Big Dave now? Mr. I mean, who? Mr. Big Dave, Mr. Lie. Oh, right. What can you do to keep him? I think he, I think he's very happy where he is, isn't he? I think Darren Moore's very happy where he is, yeah. Yeah, and it, look, he has done a great job, hasn't he, yeah, so yeah. far. But yeah. it is early. Yeah, and he's still days. learning. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I mean, it's always very easy to say it's like when you're in a sixth game and beat and run, but mm. I think it's it's still happy days at the moment because um, you've got a a coach who, who is fully invested in the club, mm-hmm. um, really wants the best for the club, is putting his all into the club. Yeah. Yeah, um, which you know you could argue others haven't, mm-hmm. and um, is learning on the job, and we're getting to see it. We're getting absolutely, to see it in yeah. action. See him evolve. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, he could he could he could evolve into, and you know, let's 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 get it right. People are not born to be great managers. Mm. You know, sometimes you, you have certain leadership qualities that stand you out. Well, Darren Moore has those. Yeah, you know, he's he's a, he's a natural leader. Mm-hmm. But to become like a good manager, as in tactically, or, or, or when you when to make the right decisions, that's all done by learning. Of course, it is. That's yeah. all done by putting the hard hours in on, on the motorway, on the on the in the classroom, mm-hmm. and, and on and on the training pitch. Mm-hmm. And I and I fully, I'm convinced actually that Darren Moore is is not taking any of this lightly. In fact, yeah. he's thrown himself full head onto it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. This is the, the only danger for the only danger for me really is that he's going to burn himself out. Mm-hmm. That's the only danger for me. Mm-hmm. I think Thomas Gardso's uh, comments a couple of weeks ago were, were quite, you know, uh, interesting when he said, you know, he needs to look after himself because he's obviously thrown himself at it. Sure. I don't think anyone can question his commitment and desire. No. And for me, um, okay, maybe he's coming from a lower base than other managers, but if you've got that desire and that mm-hmm, commitment, mm-hmm. and you've got that, um, you've got that will to learn and to educate yourself and, and to improve, then. You are going to become a good manager. Sure. Um, so yeah. I think it's happy days for, for uh, well, certainly in the dugout anyway at the mm-hmm. moment. Right. Uh, thank you for your questions. Excellent questions this week. Uh, we will endeavour to answer plenty more next week. Okay. Well, how would you like to win, Matt, an iPad Mini? An iPad Mini. We've just given out an iPad Mini. Someone won it. A Wolves fan won it last week. To wow. he got the uh, got got it correct. So um, it is possible. We're giving away two in two seasons. Let's hope we can give a third away or third away. Second second in a week. So we need two first goal scorers, Matt. Um, okay. First of all, we have Rotherham against West Bromwich Albion on Saturday. Okay. Can you give me a first goal scorer in the Rotherham versus West Brom game? Oh, I can't name any Rotherham players. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, Rotherham v West Brom, first goal scorer. You see, I think for all for all of the um, criticism, I can see something coming in. I think it's that got a smile on his face. I think that. He always he does seem to pop oh, up with the odd goal, like, particularly oh, away from home. Go on. So I'm going to go for Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rod is your first name, and your second one. Um, let's go with well, this one we talked a little about bit about them today. Newcastle against Fulham at St James's Park. Can you give me a first goal scorer? Fulham leak. Oh, Mitrovic return. Rondon. Yeah. Fulham leak so many goals. They do. It's, it's going to be Newcastle, I think, who get okay. the first one okay. in that one. Um, big game, big game. Do I go with Rondon? I, I don't know. He's anyone I know is going to start. Because do they play Perez? I don't even know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they do change it about quite a bit, actually. Yeah. You know, Matt Ritchie. You've got a few others who are going to be knocking around there. Anderson. No, nah, do you know what? I think Mitro's going to be fired up, isn't he? Yeah. Because it's going to be against Rafa. Yeah, give it Mitro. Mitro, Mitro, okay. Mitrovic. Mitrovic. So, all you need to do to enter is to retweet Matt's or myself uh, tweet when we put the podcast out later on this afternoon. Hopefully, it will, it will be available for your drive home. Uh, you'll be in the hat. We will announce the winner just before kickoff 
on Saturday. And if those two people score the first goals, you are the winner of an iPad Mini. Right, Rotherham United, uh, Matt against West Bromwich Albion. Keep it the same? Change it? I mean, what, what do you think? I think he's going to keep it the same. I mean, I think the team, although they started a bit slowly at Sheffield United, um, away from home, um, they really came into the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he made a sub until injury time. Uh, I think I think he brought Chris Bunt on injury time. That was it. So mm-hmm. I think he'll keep it the same. I think after that performance, one of the most complete second-half performances of the season. Yeah. I don't think you can change too much. No. So I imagine it'll be the same team, 4-3-3, um, unless there's any fatigue or injury concerns. Mm-hmm. But after eight days, oh, I don't think there's going to be that. And then bench, any changes to the bench or anyone knocking on the door? Well, hopefully we'll, hopefully Robson, Carlo and Morrison are back available. Um, yeah. We'll find out more from Dan Moore later this week, but uh, hopefully they're back available. And if they're back available, I'd imagine they'd, they'd, they'd be right back on the bench mm-hmm. because they. the only reason they're not playing is because they're injured. Okay. Which leads me to finish with predictions. Um, I'll go first and I'll finish. You can have the last word, Matt. So I'm going to say Rotherham United 1, West Bromwich Albion 2. And the fourth 2-1 win away from home in I th- a row. I, th- I, think, I think Albion will go 2-0 up comfortable and, and, and Rotherham will get a late consolation about 85th minute. There'll be one big chance that they fluff at the end. Albion th- get three points. I think... They've been threatening to keep a clean sheet. I think they're going to keep one this time. Oh, hello, okay. And I think it's going to be, I don't know if they're flying high after Sheffield United, I think it's going to be 3 0 to West Brom. 3 0? Yeah, I think, I think it will you, be. You just said it's been a difficult game, rather than yeah, the prediction. Oh, yeah. you've loosened I, no, up now. It will, be, it will be difficult. I just I just think that they're, they're hitting their straps at the moment. The Sheffield United game um, was very confidence building, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You, you heard it first. Get get that bet on. West Bromwich shall be in three, Rotherham nil. Matt will be there on Saturday and we shall speak to you next week. Fingers crossed, three points. Come on, the baggies. We'll see you all very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.